Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast... We'll be discussing who built the pyramids. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. And we want to do a huge shout out to our Patreon supporters for being our very first supporters to Grant. Sammy and Devin. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And if you would like to be a patron, it's only $5 and that gets you a bonus episode a month, bonus content, and so much more. It's also going to be a place where it's ad free. So make sure to head over and become a patron at patreon.com backslash mystery kids pod. Become one today. On this episode, we are going to be talking about the Great Pyramids. So the pyramids are actually part of the seven wonders of the world. That means that there are seven amazing places that you can go see in this world that just kind of blow your mind. And the pyramids are definitely one of those. We'll be going through the other seven along the episodes along the way. Today, we are going to talk about the pyramids. The pyramids are actually in Egypt. They are incredibly large structures that were built uh, about pyramids were built in 2630 to 2610 BCE. So if you actually look at that, uh, that is four, four thousand six hundred years ago. So during this time, there were a lot of cities being built and metal and copper work began in Britain during this time. But in Egypt, they were still working with stone and it was a long, long, long time ago. So it was not like it was how it is today. Um, it was very hard to build things back in the day, um, especially because now we have like excavators and cranes and we can do all this work. But back then it had to be built by hand. And by hand, we mean by thousands of hands. So what were the pyramids even for in the first place? The pyramids were built as burial places and monuments to the pharaohs. As part of their religion, the Egyptians believed that the pharaoh needed certain things to succeed in his afterlife. 
So afterlife means he passes away and he lives another life. So they would put things in his tomb, like his money, sometimes even their pets to take with them into the afterlife. So deep inside the pyramid, the Pharaoh would be buried with all sorts of items and treasures that he may need to be, may need after he survives in the afterlife. So some of the pyramids um, are called step pyramids. They have large ledges every so often that makes it look like they have giant steps. So archaeologists think that the steps were built as stairways for the Pharaoh to use to climb to the sun god. So after he passes away, he would climb these stairs and go up to the sun god. So later pyramids actually have more sloping and flat sides. These pyramids represent a mound that emerges at the beginning of time. The sun god stood on the mound and created the other gods and goddesses. So a lot of this is kind of Egyptian lore or stories. So how big were the pyramids? There was about 138 Egyptian pyramids. Some of them are huge. The largest is the Pyramid of Khufu. Again, I don't speak Egyptian, so probably going to butcher it, but I'm sure trying. Um, Khufu is also called the Great Pyramid of Giza. When it was first built, it was over 480 feet tall. It was the tallest man-made structure for over 3,800 years and is one of the seven wonders of the world. It's estimated this pyramid was made from 2.3 million blocks of rocks, weighing 5.9 million tons. So that makes it taller than the Leaning Tower of Pisa, taller than the Big Ben, taller than the Statue of Liberty, Liberty, and it's about half the size of the Eiffel Tower. And again, this was not made with all the construction that we have now. This was made by hand by workers in Egypt. There's a lot of myths and stories to go with that as well, but I'll tell you those later on. If you went to search inside the pyramids, what would you find? If you go deep inside the pyramid, it lays the Pharaoh's burial chamber, which would be filled with treasures and items for the Pharaoh to use in his afterlife. The walls were often covered with carvings and paintings, and near the Pharaoh's chamber, there would be other rooms where family members and servants were buried. There was often smaller rooms that acted like they were temples and larger rooms for storage. Narrow passageways led to outside. Sometimes fake burial chambers or passages would be used to try to trick grave robbers. So a grave robber would come in and try to take all the treasure from the Pharaoh. So what they would do is they'd create these hidden tunnels or pathways that would trick the grave robbers to thinking they were going the right direction, but they really weren't. And because there was such this valuable, valuable treasure buried in the pyramid, grave robbers would try to break in and steal the treasure. And sometimes they would get lost along the way. So even though they put all this effort into making sure that they didn't get robbed, Nearly all the pyramids were robbed of their treasures by the early thousand BC. It took about 20 years to build the pyramids. So how were these pyramids built? They were an impressive size for their time and they didn't have this machinery that we have today. So how were they built? Well, here's some theories. One is that the pyramids were actually hills. So there's actually these hill formations that they already had. And what they did was they laid the limestone bricks from the top 
down to the bottom, creating the pyramid effects with a hill. Another theory is the smoothing and flattening by hand theory. So one of the most interesting things about the pyramid seems to be the way that the Egyptians were able to cut the rocks with extreme precision. So to stack them with almost no space in between. So they were super close together. Not even a piece of paper can fit where the two stones touch. So how did they create this perfection? We're not even sure. It's even difficult for us to do today with what they had back then. So what they think happened is they achieved this smoothness to the rocks by using two poles of an equal height connected with a tight rope under which the rocks were placed. And this allowed them to see whether the rocks could barely slide in and out from under these ropes. And if they found a point which the rope made obvious contact with the surface of the rock, they would mark it using like a red um, like filler and scrape away the spot to make it like this soft, smooth granite. So it's kind of an interesting theory that they would just kind of fill the spots as they went to make sure that the structure was sound. Another theory is known as limestone concrete. So those cement mixer trucks, you know how they pour cement onto the sidewalk and give you this lovely sidewalk. So what they think is they actually made sidewalk, basically concrete out of the limestone. So all of it that was made was actually poured into place like concrete. Another theory is known as the wedding sand theory. So some believe that the pyramid stones were moved over piles of sand that were made so wet to easily drag the stones across them without friction. And it would explain like how the limestones came from quarries that were hundreds of miles away and how they were able to move it up some type of ramp. Um, But would a wet ramp have enough stability for all the stones to go where they're supposed to go? So that one's the wet sand theory. The next theory is called the water shaft theory. So what they think happened is they made this water kind of canal that went from the quarries and they would kind of float the limestone pieces from the quarry to the pyramid. So that would, if they think it's right, it would have been there for 10 years and would have had to be 6.2 miles long. And that's the distance from the Nile River to the Giza site. So it is long. One of my favorite theories is extraterrestrial intervention. So that means that aliens came down and helped them build it because honestly, there's no real perfect way to explain how everything happened. So if the aliens came and they were able to kind of like zap things and move them to a different area, that would make perfect sense. Except for we're not really sure if that's a theory still. I read this theory on Nova. I'll put all the resources in the link and also on our website where it talks about how they actually hired some people to try to dig out these stones and create them. And these are people that were trying their best to use technology like it was back then. So what they did is in 21 days, 12 men in bare feet living out of the eastern desert opened a new quarry in about the time we needed stones for the pyramid. 
In 21 days, they quarried 186 stones. So that means they dug up and made blocks, 186 of them. So what they did was they ended up using an iron cable to pull the stones away from the choir walls. And all their tools were iron. But other than that, they did everything else by hand. So he did the math. He said, um, he's just taking this raw figure. If 12 men in bare feet and they lived in a lean to shelter night and day out there at the quarry, were able to do 186 stones in 21 days. Let's see how many men required to deliver 340 stones a day, which would be needed to make the pyramids to build it in 20 years. And it comes out to be about 400 to 500 men. They ended up adding more men to this calculation because they were able to use some iron tools that they wouldn't have had back then. So he says, let's put an additional team of 20 men so that 12 men become 32. And now let's see what happens. Well, it turns out if you give great leeway for the iron tools, all 340 stones could have been quarried in a day by something like 1,200 men. So that's how they got the stones. Some people say that there are ramps inside the pyramid. Some say that they covered the ramps in the end of the project. There's really no telling how it exactly came to be, but these are impressive and incredible buildings that are still standing today. Scientists are believing that it took at least 20,000 workers um, about 23 years to build the Great Pyramid of Giza. So it would have taken a long time and a lot of effort and pre-planning and work to create something of this magnitude. So from Dexters.com, which is a fun kids website, I found some fun facts about the Great Pyramids. So the Great Pyramid of Giza points very precisely to the north. The pyramids of Egypt are all built to the west of the Nile River. It's because the western side was associated with the land of the dead. The base of the pyramid was always a perfect square. They were all built mostly of limestone, and there were traps and curses put on the tombs and the pyramids to try and keep robbers out. Now, this episode could go on and on, and I could branch out into all sorts of things, but I'm going to keep it at just the building of the pyramids, and later on, I'll do more episodes on King Tut's tombs, some of the mysteries, and more about mummies and how they were created. So are you ready for our animal of the week? So the animal of the week I picked from Egypt is the camel. It's well known for having a hump on its back and living in the desert. But there are so many cool things about a camel. So there are two different types of camels. There's the dromedary camel. They only have one hump. And the Bactrian, I hope I said that right, camel, which has two humps. Okay, so the camels live in North Africa and in the Middle East, which is where Egypt is. And while the two-humped camel is often found in Central Asia. So no matter where they live, camels are usually found in the desert-type climates. They can also be found in cold-weather climates as well, despite popular belief. So why do camels have a hump? The hump's actually super useful, although it's not filled with water. 
It contains stored fat as a resource when food and water supplies are very limited, and the fat can be broken down and used as nutrients in emergencies, so they can go days without water or food. Another aspect that helps the camels go without water is their incredible ability to minimize their water loss. So that means when they go to the bathroom, their droppings are very dry and their urine is very concentrated, allowing them to retain more water. Here's another gross fact, but it's a really true one. Believe it or not, camels have a third clear eyelid, which protects their eyes from the sand and dirt blowing in the desert. Such a cool fact. Another helpful aspect of their eyes is are their two sets of eyelashes, which help keep their eyes clean. That would make a lot of sense because there's a lot of dust and sand that would get into their eyes and bother them, I'm sure. So camels also have a handy ability of shutting their nostrils during sandstorms. Oh my goodness, it's like they can naturally just like pinch their nose. That's cool. As you can tell, camels are definitely meant to live in the desert. So camels like donkeys have been used for transportation for a very long time, thousands of years, and they can carry up to 500 pounds on their back and they can transport people or goods. Nowadays, camels are most often used for transportation of products rather than people. They can run up to speeds of 40 miles per hour. (gasps) That's really fast. I thought camels were slow. So an average person runs at 28 miles per hour, but a camel runs at 40 miles per hour. It's crazy. Um, So what does the word camel mean? It actually means beauty. So camels do not start sweating until the temperatures reach 106 degrees. That's really high before they start to sweat. So camels are larger than humans. The average two-humped camel grows to be about shoulder height of six feet in length and body length of about 10 feet. So they're super tall and they can weigh from about 1,320 pounds to 2,200 pounds. Um, Many people who see a camel in person are very surprised by how big they actually are. They are not picky eaters. They, with their very thick lips, they can eat some things that would hurt other animals and people, like they would eat thorn-covered plants and not even think about it. So camels don't eat meat because they are herbivore. So how much water does a camel actually need? Although camels can go a long time without water, it doesn't mean they don't need any. Camels typically live in very hot, dry desert climates, and when they find water, they fill up. And when they fill up, they can get down 30 gallons of water in 13 minutes. The camel's body rehydrates very quickly, much faster than any other animal. And in very desperate times, camels can survive up to six months without food or water. Information about the camel. Porter's Ponderings. How do you think the pyramids were built? Would you like to go and visit the pyramid? Do you think camels are pretty neat? 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support and your continued listens. Make sure to sign up as a Patreon to get a bonus episode and bonus content and have ad-free episodes to listen to. I'll leave our website in the link below so that you can go ahead and grab the free coloring page. And we're so grateful for all your reviews and your messages. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. On the next episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, what happens when lightning strikes?